welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and my whole point is to bring blessing to the people of Pod. And we aren't done yet. Barry's here to tell us what would have happened had Jesus never died. But before we understand the cross, we got to understand the whole story. So now that they're enslaved to their curses, let's welcome in our favorite co-host, Meredith Barry. Good day, guys. Au contraire, I am free. I am free. (laughs) No longer a slave, Tyler. Yeah. What's up, guys? Guys, I think we're recording video. That's crazy. (laughs) Maybe. I think we are. Friends of the pod, there may be video available. There may not be. Check our YouTube to see. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. If you don't see it, it hasn't been posted yet or it doesn't exist. Or it doesn't exist, yeah. Uh, So we use this this tool to, ever since COVID, we've been doing it remotely and we use this tool to to do it. And they just came out with a video recording feature. And so I think... I think we're doing it. We're really doing it. Just in time for us to all get our vaccines and not need it because then we can finally... I think, am I, unless I'm wrong, I believe like the health experts and are saying that you can now, if you have, if you both have a vaccine or all three of you have a vaccine, you can meet together without masks. Uh-oh. Is that true? I don't know. I think I read that I, somewhere. Yeah, I think I read that as well. And if I that's thought, true, if that means that we can start recording our podcast in person again. Yeah, we got to There's not going to be any delay. It's going to be good quality. It'll be like I'm a, just thankful that you guys aren't giving me a hard time about like the three minute heads up. I gave you. I was like, hey, video today. Oh, I am giving you. I am giving you a hard time about this. I don't know. Maybe maybe I didn't make that clear. Yeah, this yeah. Is no, a hard I don't know. time I'm giving you. It's <laughs> like, oh, there's this video thing. Hey, heads up. Three I minutes from now, we're going to be recording video. Terrible. I'm you look fine. Fine. You're fine. You, look, you guys look great. This tired, is real life. Tired, tired. Yeah. Guys, how are you doing? Off a big weekend, heading into a big weekend. How are you guys doing right now? Uh, good. Can I tell you what I did yesterday? Something I've been longing to do for a very mm-hmm. long time. I, when I, last fall or whatever, maybe last summer, a big tree, a couple of big trees fell down on the property. And so I got out my, my new chainsaw and I, I remember talking about boy. me processing the tree. I talked about that and you were like, what is that? Anyway, I was taking <laughs> care of all the branches and all the, you know, I was mulching all the branches for the garden. And then I was storing all the big log pieces in the yep. barn just to sit and dry out. Well, guys, I got my axe out my mall and I went out there and I just chopped wood yesterday afternoon for no real reason. We've got a massive pile of very old wood that we still have, but I figured I've been wanting to chop wood from my own property as like a a life goal for many, many years. (laughs) I didn't do it shirtless, which I tell Olivia is like a fantasy of mine to be out (laughs) on my property shirtless chopping wood. (laughs) But uh, a great image for the friends of the pod. Great image. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. (laughs) Uh, it's Wait, like, the, it's like one of, one of your few, dreams come true. It's like, a, it just feels like this, like, I don't know. It's like, it's like, like, like wood that I chopped up and yeah. from a Have tree on my property. Have you had a lot of experience chopping wood prior Settle to Settle down. Not a lot of experience. Honestly, so maybe the most that's experience, why it was a dream. I mean, like, it, it's not fun. It's fun. Are you kidding me? It's uh, a blast. It's like you get once you get into the rhythm of it and you're just like you've got the the strike just right and the wood is just splitting asunder in front of you. It makes you feel like it's like it's like the most manly thing I do. I mean, I'm not, do do I like raise like, rescue rabbits, so I need that, uh, yeah. I need some things to make me feel like a like a man. It's like a two handed axe where you're coming down on it and then you flip it over and then do it again and it 
splits. I know. I know. Axe talk. Wow. <laughs> yes, it's a two-handed axe. It's a specifically a splitting axe because it's a little yeah. bit wider at the top, and so I got. Um, I do physical stuff with your life. I know. With your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was, you, it was you, really. <laughs> you don't, don't do know. physical stuff with your life, Tyler, because the first thing yep. you told us today is how sore you are. Well. I was going to, that was going to be my question to Barry. When you do these things, you're like, Hey, uh-huh. my dream come true. So just go swing an ax in my yard. Are you yeah. sore now? Like, no, do you I'm need getting, to, did you need to, I've been, I've been doing, I took my week off. So I was like moving wheelbarrows of dirt everywhere and like shoveling out stuff. And so I've got like the kind of base level of not being in agony after I work muscles built up. And yeah. so that I think I'm, I'm not too sore. I do have some weird soreness cause I, I moved all of my, compost over one bay the other day and so it that that got me a little sore but um yeah i helped my dad kind of tear up his deck and move all the pieces to a dumpster and uh i had to take a water break on my way with the wheelbarrow from the backyard to the front yard because <laughs> <laughs> a little sore <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know. It's just fun. And the best part was it was very idyllic. Idyllic with uh, I was just in the old barn, this old barn from like the 50s that I'm or this old building. Cleo is sitting there next to me up on a big pile of hay. I was like, come on, this is the farmer's life. The one thing which I wish I'm glad nobody saw me is that I was doing it with I had like a long sleeve like jacket thing on I had shorts on and then I had my like giant rain boots on which makes me look like an absolute doofus but because they're <laughs> they have a steel toe in them and I don't trust myself and not not to split my yeah. feet in half wise. so that but that's the only steel toed thing I have so I was sitting out there looking like a goofball but whatever it's fun I'm good um why are we always as a society just trying to get back to the way things were probably like 60 years ago like they make chainsaws why do yes. you cut the wood with the chainsaw? <laughs> because that is extraordinarily dangerous. <laughs> to cut a, anyway, I don't know. I, I just, mean, there are gas powered wood splitter things. Yeah. And you can rent them and get them. But like, I don't know. I feel like there's just something. It's like, I mean, it's the kind of thing I can do without music on. Just me and Cleo just out yeah. there chopping wood. Like, I don't know. I don't know right. why. It just feels right, Tyler. It just feels yeah, right. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Marin, hi guys. What's new with you? Um, nothing. I sneeze and my back goes out, so <laughs> not out there chopping wood. Oh, no. oh, Welcome no. to our late thirties. <laughs> not yep. out there chopping wood. Uh, anything new? Um, no, not really. I mean, I mean, you got a big role this weekend, Easter. Yeah, that's. Can that's you give us like a teaser? What are we? What are we gonna? What are we gonna do? You're doing Good Friday and Easter. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Good Friday, I think there's two services on Friday. Um, and they'll be a little on the shorter side, but just yeah. a time of remembrance and a little bit of music. Um, mm-hmm. It won't be, you know, music driven like some of our other Good Fridays have been. Um, but yeah, um, so that's on Friday. And then, of course, Easter services start on Saturday and roll through Sunday. Um, and then I will try my hardest to get some time off. I will try. Jed's family, Jed's family is going <laughs> to, uh, uh, is it Gatlinburg? I think this is the second year that we've done this as a family. We were supposed to do it last year, but everything shut down. And so it got um, kind of pushed back to this year. So just some hiking and some 
family bunking. <laughs> my mother-in-law oh. rents a place big enough for all of us to stay at the same time. So really the cousins are just going to like rule the roost for the entire week. So <laughs> that's fine. It'll so, be it's fun. Like, so it's time off. Is it restful is the question. Is it no, going to actually, I, it probably yeah. is not like restful, restful because yeah. restful right now would mean like catatonic. Like I just need to like <laughs> just yeah. be asleep oh, come for on. a solid two weeks. That would be rest, <laughs> but no, we'll go hiking and we'll cook and like, we always enjoy our time together as family. So it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be good. Um, what are like when you is, what are, when we go on a family vacation like this, we never know what the sleeping arrangements are. Like we end up in like a bunk bed somehow. <laughs> is it like, is it like your whole, all of your family members are going to be bunked up in the same room and everybody's sleeping in the same room or is it I don't think so. it a little more private? It, it wasn't last time. Last time it was really nice. Like all the, you know, married couples had their own room and then the cousins got to choose like which room they wanted to bunk in and, boy cousins and girl cousins and there was like a hot tub on the porch it was just like idyllic and beautiful and scenic they oh, had idyllic. Um, word of the day a billiard table there and i think we spent oh. more time just shooting pool as a family than we did even hiking like it was that's fun it's just that's just a vacation fun. after jed and maren's heart it really is it's just good <laughs> clean gaffin style fun just yeah. shooting pool yeah all right hmm. yeah and we it's good. something we haven't been able to do here as a family. So when we lived mm-hmm. in Chicago, there was a billiard hall, like, I don't know, 10 minutes away from our house that was all ages. And so we would take the kids all the time and just like <laughs> teach them to shoot pool. And then we came out here yeah. and like every single pool hall is 21 and over. So yep. yeah, we miss it. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, that'll be fun. When, when is that again? You said next week. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try to leave um, the day after Easter, Monday. Cool. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. And it's for a full week, so you're not going to be here. Right, right. That's the All plan, right. at least. Yes. All right. Good. Get some well, rest. Good. Tyler, what, what, what's the latest on the bike situation? I forgot to ask last week. Uh, oh, yeah. Two Milo ago, got a bike. That Milo got a bike. What, what's, he got a bike and fell off within 30 minutes. Uh huh. And so he declared that he will never ride that bike again. Since then, he's gotten back on the bike. Hey, um, good. Yeah. And he loves it. It's uh, he loves it a because he can kind of zoom around now. <clears throat> he's comfort- more comfortable on it. But B, it's the exact same bike that his cousin Will has. And so they found that out Saturday and uh, they were just doing races in the cul-de-sac at my parents house and <laughs> just drag racing down the street and so wow it was very idyllic idyllic third time we've used that word yeah i don't know <laughs> just needed to bring it back up um but yeah he's loving it uh his little brother who's one and has no fear like uh has no hesitation he like he wants to sit on it and have us push him and it's a big bike for him mm-hmm. but uh now they fight over that like Lane walks over to the bike, touches it. Milo gets mad that he's touching his bike, pushes him over. So I have to give Lane like a a ride on it. Um, but yeah, the bike situation's good. I did look out the house. Uh, Lauren, where was she? She was gone. Stories never end well when, <laughs> when it starts with Lauren is gone. gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That seems to be a bit uh, of a pattern. Luckily. This one doesn't end in in uh, devastation, but I did look out the house yesterday 
and we've had, we've been in this house for two years. We moved in when Milo, I don't know, about two years old. And we have this ladder, like we have this big tree in the, our backyard and a ladder going up to it, to this rickety tree house that he's never even looked at. Like he's never paid attention to it. And mm-hmm. I knew the day was coming where I was going to have to remove that ladder. Cause it's just nothing but tetanus up there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I've just not done it because he's never cared about it. Um, turns out his little brother cares a lot. And oh, I no. looked out, I looked out <laughs> yesterday, uh, the other day when Lauren was gone and I don't know. I mean, we have a fence, so I just let them go in the backyard and, you know, play in the sandbox or whatever. But I look out and Lane is three rungs up <gasps> on this ladder. <laughs> <laughs> can't, yes. you know, can't go down. All he can do is keep going up. And so I did a mad dash. Uh, of course, I had to run in serpentine because I haven't picked up dog poop yet this year. So I just had to run in serpentine out to the ladder in the treehouse and save his life. But um, yeah, when the nice weather comes, everybody wants to be outside and turns out uh, there's danger and danger out there. And, and it was very close, but Lane is alive and well today because of my heroism. Yeah, yeah. I, your stories remind me so much of Jaden and Desi when they were little. The first, I, I don't know if it's first oh, yeah. kid, second kid. Like, yeah, I don't know. Because my first kid is just way more cautious yeah. about everything in life. And then my second kid, Desi's <laughs> climbing story at that, well, she might have been a little older than that. But I was actually doing a concert on a farm one time. And I was on stage sound checking while my husband was somewhere, supposed to be watching the kids, I guess. <laughs> Someone came up to me and said, I don't want to scare you. But your daughter is about three steps from the top of the corn silo. And it was oh one of those corn goodness. silos that had like a spiral oh staircase. My goodness. All the way up. And my fearless one was three steps from the top. I'm scared. And it felt like a hostage situation. Like I had to put everything down yeah, and then talk very down. slowly approach her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the most terrifying moments of my parenting oh life my. thus far. But like, Desi, yeah, that's what, what are you your demands? We're Jaden. Jaden would your demands. He would make it to the second rung on like one of those ladders at the park, and his yeah. hands would just yeah. grip till yeah. I mean, just pure fear. He would shake; his whole body would tremble. He couldn't make does it he past get, the second rung. Does he get brave if he sees his sister do it? Um, he was challenged. It, I don't know what happened yeah. to him because, like, he's a roller coaster enthusiast. Like, yeah. he he tends to not have that kind of fear anymore. Yeah. He was a little tentative when it came to like driving. Like, it took him a minute to warm up to stuff like that. But yeah, whereas Desi like wanted to have her license like two years ago. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's just ready. Yeah. But I think they challenge they challenge each other, spur each other on, yeah. and I think your boys will do the same. Well, yeah, I mean. Turns out seeing your infant brother <laughs> sit on a tricycle <laughs> or a training wheels that'll, bike that'll do it. will make you want to get back on there <laughs> and try to do it yourself. Uh, yeah. Were you a good, fearful man. kid, Tyler, or were you like a gung ho? No, I, I was probably I was probably Tim like scared. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I don't. I mean. I, I'm probably going to have to spend more money on Lane's life than Milo. Just yeah. Yeah. Cause of how 
or he'll be not, one of those those kids that just does things and you're, you're like how are you not injured because yes. yeah. that would have <laughs> yeah. yeah. shattered that. my bones yeah yeah desi's catchphrase when she was young was i'm okay she'd just fall her head would bounce off the concrete and she'd say i'm okay yeah. i'm okay yeah yeah milo saw a red ant the other day and started screaming his head off so. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think uh i don't think that's gonna be he'll be when lane gets older and has has buddies you'll be like so nervous the moment you hear the words like watch this you're like no yeah. no, <laughs> no go running immediately yeah. oh. oh man all right guys we are in week three of our current sermon series, What If, where we're asking questions like, what if Jesus had never lived? What if he never taught? Those are the prior two weeks. And this week we are processing the question, what if Jesus had never died? And so Barry, you gave the sermon this weekend. And so let's talk about that and share with the friends of the pod, anything that they may have missed that would have been a big idea for this past weekend. Sure. Yeah. So... This is honestly kind of like a two-part sermon uh, this week, and then Easter are kind of two parts of one bigger story. Um, But this week, I was basically trying to talk about the fact that, um, you know, we all know the phrase like Jesus died for our sins or Christ died for our sins. But what does that actually mean? Why why did it have to be a Jewish man 2000 years ago? What does a Roman cross have to do with sins? And if he's God, then why did he have to die at all? Why couldn't he have just snapped his fingers and all of that? How does it all fit together? And so what I what I basically did is I walked through, uh, Paul says Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was referring to the old Testament. So I basically talked through the whole story of the Israelites, the story of the people of God, the story of sin, the story of all of it to be able to help us understand what actually happened on the cross and what, what was actually going on when Jesus died so that we could answer the question. If he didn't, what would be different about our world? Um, and what it boils down to is really, The whole story is about blessings and curses. The idea is that God wants to bring blessing to us. He, he, the whole, um, point of creation was so that human humans could live in the blessing of God in abundance in Eden, where we have a purpose to, to help spread his creative life around the world. Like that's, that's blessing with his presence with us. Um, but we've chosen consistently something else than blessing and and what curses are are basically the consequences of choosing something other than blessing and so we by choosing consistently choosing something other than god's intended design for our world we end up uh, getting ourselves completely enslaved to the powers of this world the sins the idols the the powers that that basically enslave us and then they Mm -hmm. demand from us the ultimate consequence of our rebellion and its death and so i i talked about all of that talked about the fact that um in the story it was clear that something greater someone greater was necessary to be able to bring an end to this curse and this enslavement to the powers of this world that become uh way bigger than just individual choices they become generational they become systemic they define nations and communities and something greater was going to be necessary to bring an end to the curse and that something greater was jesus christ who chose blessing at every single turn but then ultimately made the decision or or was willing to offer up his life to give the price to the powers and the idols and the the sins of the world uh he gave them his life he died but in so doing he brought about the end 
of that curse. He became the curse and then was, and then that curse in his body died and went to the tomb. And, and so that essentially is how the curse was dealt with. And next week, we're going to talk about how, when he rose from the grave, what that then inaugurated and began in our world. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about next. But uh, really, if it boils down to one big idea, it's just that because of the death of Jesus, the curse is over and mm-hmm. we can now choose blessing. We can live in freedom. So I know there's a lot there's it's it's a little hard to sum all that up in a sentence. But that's basically what I what my sermon was all about. I feel like this could be a series, Barry, mm. because there is okay. so much to unpack. And even so, I mean, it's a two part sermon, but yeah, this, we could spend a month talking about this. We could spend yeah, agreed. six months talking about this. Why does it seem like, I guess we apply, we fall into this category too, but why does it seem like the people of Israel were always just kind of incapable of choosing life as you put it? Mm -hmm. And are we any different really today than they were? No, I think, I think it's somewhere at the core of, of the human condition is our, 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 we, we continuously seem to think that we know better than God what is best for us. And, and mm-hmm. like I, I use the example of, of God offering the blessing of enough, the idea that God is going to offer us enough so that we can have what we, we will always have what we need. It will always be provided for. Like he offers us that we can accept that blessing or we can do what we always do, which is now we want more than enough. We want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we want to pursue wealth. We want to pursue money. We want to pursue possessions and all that. And so we end up getting enslaved to money all because we're unwilling to accept the enough that God offers us. So mm-hmm. that's just one example. But yeah, I think it's kind of core to our, our character as a, as a species. We just seem to be, um, just so stuck at constantly choosing something other than life. And the Israelites are no exception to that. They just happened to have a have the law, so they really didn't have as much of an excuse as everybody else. But, uh, but yeah, that's just what we do. Um, Galatians three thirteen says Christ has res- Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Um, what is the curse pronounced by the law? Is mm-hmm. that is that Adam and Eve story or what, or is that, what is that? I I think essentially what I would say, the curse pronounced by the law is if you choose something other than blessing, then God's going to give you what you want. And, And that sounds weird, but that's, that is a bit of a curse because if God is offering you life and you decide to choose something else, God's not going to stand in your way. He's not going to force you to take what he's, what he's wants to give you. He's going to let you get what you want. And so the Bible talks a lot about God handing them over. It's in Romans, Romans one and two. I mean, Paul talks about this as kind of the story of humanity. God handed them over to their, their, uh, to their sin, to, to live the way that they want to live. Um, in the story of Pharaoh in the Exodus, God gives him 10 chances essentially to change his heart. And then at the end of the day, or at some point God hardens his heart. And it's another way of saying like, he essentially says, all right, if this is how you're going to be, then, then I'm going to let you be exactly what you want to be. And if you want to choose something other than me, then that's what you're, that's what you're going to get, which some of us might find like, well, you know, why not give even more chances? But in some way, I think the fact that he gives us that free will 
speaks to the character and the love of God, even though the consequences of it are, are rough. So anyway, does that make sense? That's kind of how I see it. How do you guys think of it? Um, the short answer to Tyler's question, I'd say is, you know, the curse is death. The wages of sin is yes. death. Or Barry, you, you quoted Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. Today I have given you the choice between life and death. And he's begging us to choose life. And so you, and you broke that down really well in your message too, that, it boils down to a way of life and abundance or a way of ultimately, ultimately death. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I would say the curse is the curse is death. And I, and I also think a part of the curse when we talk about like the big C curse of humanity is the fact that, um, again, this is not just individualistic. It actually does build over time where, uh, sins become generational, like I said, and, um, things, it, it gets over time. The more humans choose death, the, the harder it becomes to choose life. I think that that's mm -hmm. part of the curse. It's like we get ourselves dug into a, it's like trying to get your, your car out of like a snowbank or out of mm -hmm. like a really muddy pit. It's like the harder you, the, you hit slam on the accelerator, the harder it actually gets to get out of the, out of the hole. That's kind yeah. of what we're in. We've, we've, yeah. So anyway, it gets harder and harder as time goes on to the point where by the time the exile happens in Israel, I mean, they've, they've gone so far off the, the plan that it, you know, Israel, the one group of people who are put here to bring blessing to the world, they are, they are the most cursed of all because they've fallen so far away from what God had intended. Um, yeah. So let's walk through the story because you said you said in order to understand what happened on the cross, we have to understand the whole story. Yeah. Um, and I've read books about the story and <clears throat> but I would say that this for me, this has been the best, you know, 30 minute version of the river that w runs through scripture and mm. empties all into Jesus. Like, mm. the, the, the story ends is all is all pointing in the same direction. Yeah. Um, and so you, you kind of weaved it from the beginning and then you walked through Abraham and the law of Moses and mm -hmm. all of this is God, you know, trying to give people the choice to receive blessing. Yeah. Um, and they kept choosing against it. Um, they kept choosing, as you said, death over life. And so then God kind of said, all right, fine. Um, it gave the world Jesus like hundreds of years later, gave the world Jesus who died on the cross and his death. You said that his death gave us the ability to once again, choose the blessing or yeah. Eden mm -hmm. was now open again. Mm -hmm. So my first question about this was, did God, and maybe this is like, this is like sitting around at college with the lava lamp again. <laughs> did God know that humanity was going to spend hundreds of years rejecting the blessing? Like, why not start with Jesus instead of like, eh, Abraham, you're not going to do it. So let's like, why not just cut to the chase? Mm -hmm. Let's start with Jesus. Did, did he know that humanity was going to spend hundreds of years just wanting the curse or choosing the curse? I believe he did. I believe yeah. he did know. I think that's, I mean, especially if God created time, then he sees the end and the beginning at the same point. And if you really want to get really trippy, you could say in a sense, he did start with Jesus 
just not in the linear time that we follow, but the to even create this universe and to give humans free, free will was an act which required his own giving of himself in death. And I'm getting really trippy here, but that's like, let's get another lava lamp in here because, <laughs> Guys, because I don't know if you can see. But there's literally there's, a lava lamp. Yeah, there's a lava lamp over <laughs> right there. there among us. Yeah, so. it looks like you Perfect. get a lot of use out of that. <laughs> <laughs> all that to say, all that to say, I like, I yes, I not only believe that he knew that we were going to continue to mess up, but I believe that he was so he loved us so much that he willingly created us, knowing we would reject him and knowing what it would cost him. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too many lava was lamps. it like was it like step one abraham or eden step two abraham and was he hoping that they would choose something else or was he just like eh, i know how this is gonna go like was did he spend all that time hoping that they would choose blessing like when he said please choose life like did he know they weren't going to choose life and or was he like thanos and it's <laughs> like sitting up perched on his in his chair saying all right fine you guys can't do it i'll do it myself and then my, so jesus my understanding <laughs> is that thanos is a bad guy well so i don't think tyler, tyler you're not like one of those thanos. people who's like well he's misunderstood because yeah, he's, he's population <laughs> at the end of the movie you, you might be rooting for him who knows but <laughs> uh yeah i, I know I what you're know. asking tyler i i think i mean again i think what we're doing is we're trying to bestow uh human time onto mm -hmm. a god who is outside of our conception of of reality um which yeah is at some point it just breaks your brain and you can't keep going yeah. um because it's all about cause and effect which requires time the way we understand it for cause mm -hmm. and effect to happen all i'll say is it somehow a universe which requires the self-giving love of god to be expressed in the death of his own son his own divine self-revelation to die on a cross so that like that, that was, that is part of our universe. It's baked into the fabric of our universe from the perspective of the creator, which means that yes, he knew and he, and he willingly went through the long process because he wanted to give humans the opportunity to, um, to, to choose him. And I, sorry, I just had a moment thinking there's a, there's a verse by Paul where he talks about, um, God intentionally allowing things to get worse so that his grace would even get better. Uh, and I'm trying to think what that verse is. Um, I could look it up, but the idea being that like God could have snapped his fingers, but then there would have been millions and millions and millions of people who never would have experienced his grace. And because he loves us so much, he longs for us to experience his grace it all happened at the right time at the right way yeah. for a, the most loving outcome, uh, for, for humanity. Mm -hmm. So when we, uh, another thing that hurts my brain about this is mm -hmm. that should this change how I, how I read the Beatitudes should, should the idea of blessing change how I'm reading blessed are the poor in spirit and all that stuff. Sure. Um, is it, tell me, it mean the same mean? Thing? Tell me more. So like when you mean just the word blessing. Yeah. The, the idea of what a blessing 
means. Oh, I see what you mean. No, I don't think it should change it at all. In fact, I, I preached about the Beatitudes not that long ago. And to me, the yeah, whole point of the, of the, yeah, I'm sure. I'm the, <laughs> the, uh, the point of the Beatitudes is to, to point out the fact that blessed are the poor in spirit because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They are the ones that God is present with and he is working to bring justice for. Blessed are the, the peacemakers because they are working shoulder to shoulder with God to bring Eden to this earth. And so it's like, they're blessed because yes, it is the life giving abundant life. And either that or they are, they are the ones that are receiving the, the actions of God to heal the world. And so that's what yeah. makes them blessed. And they're with God and God's presence is with them. So I think it's the same meaning. It's, it's this overarching idea of wholeness and abundance and life and God's presence. Um, so I, that's my take on it. Yeah. Like blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. They're blessed. Because Jesus is near to them or God is near to them. He's near yeah. to them in their brokenness. They're blessed because his presence is there and he's with them. Yeah. Yeah, this this conversation started to come back to me. I feel like we've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I probably asked this question before. So uh, Old Testament, it seemed like everybody thought a blessing was like, you were truly blessed if you had land and a big family like that. God was blessing you. And it seems like, uh, with Jesus, the idea of like the blessing package is reset, like possessions and, uh, prominence or prosperity has nothing to do with the blessing. Hmm. Uh, because when you think, when I think of things that I typically thank God for, in terms of blessing, I'm like, thank you for blessing us with a good life or whatever. Sure. Um, am I, am I misinterpreting what God wants to bless us with? Because it seems like Jesus kind of reset how to define that. It's a good question. Um, I don't, I don't know that Jesus, I mean, I think what Jesus, the way Jesus interpreted it is the correct way. Um, I think I'm safe in saying that. Um, I think what the Old Testament is tapping into is the idea that there are, way, there are ways in which you experience Eden or an Eden kind of life, blessed kind of life, um, that, that do look like abundance. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and yet it, it's not necessarily, where they go wrong is thinking that then we should, what we should try to do is pile up our wealth to show how blessed we are. Cause that misses the point. What really, what the, even the law calls the Israelites to is to a, a lifestyle of deep generosity and sharing and caring for mm. So there's no hungry people among you where foreigners are welcomed, where it's like, and so it's, you can imagine God's blessing being poured out on a community who is in the process of making sure that everyone around them is, is cared for where there is justice, where no one is being oppressed. And, and it's this kind of, it's kind of a both and God's blessing mm -hmm. comes as you are spreading blessing. It's almost like God, God wants to invest further. He wants to, it's like a matching gift uh, to like, in like a giving <laughs> campaign. It's like, he's going to give the extra blessing when we choose to give the blessing away ourselves. And mm -hmm. I don't know. And I think when Jesus is talking, uh, about blessing, he's talking about the fact that when we choose to 
um, invest in the poor and the marginalized and those who are broken and those who are hurting, we experience a kind of blessing that may or may not look like material blessing. I think we're uncomfortable with this because it gets too close to prosperity gospel. I think there is a level to which God blesses us even materially and gives us more than we need. That can be a little awkward and uncomfortable for us because we don't believe in the prosperity gospel. And yet I do think that there, I think there's something there, but I don't think it comes to the point where God's like, I'm going to make <laughs> that you can look around and see all the really wealthy people. Those are the ones that God blessed. I don't think that's how it works at all. But anyway, I'm, I'm now I'm rambling. I don't know. Well, doesn't, do you... doesn't, uh, doesn't, uh, your sermon kind of throw prosperity gospel kind of out the window. I mean, it because should, like, I would hope prosperity so. Prosperity gospel doesn't really take into account what God promised Abraham. Right. Like it's and not, it doesn't take into account like the whole story. It's just like, it's, it's just about the new Testament version of what a blessing yeah. could mean, yeah. I guess. And, and Jesus also kind of, <laughs> he brings in ideas like storing up treasures in heaven, which we can totally just spiritualize and be like, Oh, you're getting God points. Uh, or you can look at it as in a sense, there is a new creation coming that we are now building and participating in building. And it very well could be that some of the abundance and the blessing that we will experience is, is to be fully experienced later and Mm. not now. I mean, there, there's a very interesting sort of, the furtherance of this whole storyline, which basically says that until the new creation comes, part of what it means to follow Jesus is suffering and Mm. is uh, self-giving and is all of that, which is really hard to reconcile with this idea of, of blessing. And yet it's all connected in a sense where when we join Jesus on that cross, when we carry our cross, we too are unlocking this Eden kind of life, both in part now, as well as fully someday. And I don't know, it's all, it's all a little mysterious to me. And I don't necessarily have a really super clear bullet point answer to say, well, if you do X, Y, Z, you'll get X, Y, Z. You know, I don't know that it quite works like that. Yeah. This is all so interesting to me. Sometimes we do these podcasts and we don't exactly know where the conversation is going to go, but (laughs) talking, talking so much about blessing just this morning, somebody reached out to me from Chicago um, and they just bought their very first home and they're very excited about this home. And they asked if I would be willing to come and like say a blessing over their home. Oh, cool. So these, they, this friend of mine, she's not like a active like follower of Jesus, but she feels like she wants her new home to be blessed. And she said, she's yeah. reaching out to somebody she trusts and asking for a blessing. So what does that mean in modern society? What is, what is, what is she looking for? And more importantly, what would I actually be praying for? Am I praying for material wealth and things like that? Mm-hmm. Or am I just praying for provision Lord, provide for this family and for this house and bless this house, <laughs> protect mm-hmm. this house. Mm-hmm. What do we, what do we mean when we ask for things like that? For blessings? Yeah. And I mean, I'll be the first one to admit after, after my years of traveling the world and seeing how many different worldviews and uh, paradigms there are for reality, I realize okay, we are so hyper, uh, 
we are very Platonistic. We're very like all the spiritual things are up far away in heaven. All the physical things are here. We don't, we were like, don't think about physical space as having any level of spirituality, but that's not the way that most humans think. And mm-hmm. so who are we to say that a, a, a property or a house can't be blessed, can't be, can't have some level of connection with the divine or the spiritual world. Like, I I don't know. I mean, we've prayed, I've prayed, uh, over my farm here, you know, and I'm praying that God would, that this would be like a little Eden that I would be able to spread life and abundance. And that we, we've talked about this, all the produce and all the fruit and all the stuff that we're dreaming of and all these happy animals. And like, who, who am I to say that God isn't going to potentially give us slightly greater yields in our, in our vegetable garden and animals that are a little healthier than others and live a little longer. Like, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I'm not, I just think, I definitely don't think that it all works like some kind of formula with like some sort of mathematical precision where we just say, Oh, carry the one and blah, blah, blah. And then boom, there's blessing. I think it's, there's a mystery to it. And there's a, a level to which the spiritual and the physical are, are merging. I mean, that's, that's what the new creation is. It's the coming of heaven to earth mm-hmm. where heaven and earth no longer are separate. And I, I fully do believe that that is beginning has, has begun. So what I'm talking about this weekend at Easter, it, it, the fact that Jesus's resurrection was the beginning of that. And so I don't know, I think there's something there and I don't know what it is. Cause I'm just a, I'm just a hyper individualistic Platonistic Western American. So I know <laughs> that my worldview yeah, is going to be pretty we, limited. Tell us. <laughs> But like there, I can think of verbiage in the Bible, like, you know, your land will be blessed. Yeah. You know, like an in, inanimate object, not just your children and your children's children and generations will be blessed through you, but also like that your land would be blessed, mm. you know? Mm. So yeah. yeah, it's interesting. There's, there's a, one of my favorite little oddity stories in the old Testament is there's a point at which the Ark of the covenant is out in some dude's field they haven't brought it into Jerusalem yet. And it's just out in this guy's field. And like, it's almost as if there's like this blessing, like, like waves of blessing just pouring out of it. I don't even know that he's like, he's not even like, I don't even, I, is he Jewish? Is he not even Jewish? But whatever, like he's got like incredible cattle and his like daughters are beautiful. And like, there's all this stuff. It's just like waves of blessing just because he's near the presence of God, which I I find that so interesting. I think it's really funny. Um, Anyway, Uh, as it relates to like the gospel message, blessings and curses. Yeah. um, Do you think, I mean, I'm guessing based on what we just said, the answer is yes. Do you think we can be blessed without choosing or receiving it? Because the story, well, like the story is, God has this blessing for his creation and all throughout history, we've rejected it and we've chosen death instead of life. Yeah. Do we have to accept the blessing in order to be blessed? I would say the answer is likely yes. Um, I think to use the analogy from two weeks ago, if, if we've built a prison for ourselves and Jesus's death overpowered the guards and his resurrection ripped the door off its hinges, we still have to walk out into the light. We can't mm-hmm. just dwell in the prison. I mean, maybe we get a little fresh breeze here and there from the open door, but we've got to walk out of the prison and start living in the, in the daylight. And I think that's what it means. Like, that's why we talk about following Jesus. And it's why we don't just talk about believing the right formula or saying the right words in some magic prayer. It's, it's about actually living your life. It's about walking into 
the daylight and living a new kind of life. And so I guess I would say, yeah, I think, I think if you want to experience and live into the reality that the curse is over, that you're no longer a slave to sin, then you need to live as someone who's free. And Mm. so that does require a choice and it does require action. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. But that's how I, that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. As you said in Deuteronomy, it's a choice that we have to make choosing between prosperity or disaster, as it said in Deuteronomy 30, 15. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a choice. Yeah, it is a choice. And what, what I think is important though, is the idea that now, well, a, the initial big, big C curse is over. Sin is, is the power of sin is defeated. And so we can make the choice to walk out of the prison, but it's also a reality that the Holy spirit now lives within us who can shape us. I mean, we talk about the word sanctification. Sometimes it's a holy word. It literally means to be whole, to be made holy, to be made set apart like God, to be sanctified. And it's a process that we go through as Christ followers to start to have our own lives and our, even our decisions and our minds shaped to Mm. be more like Jesus. And, and so it's a process, but it's one that is now possible. We can be sanctified. We can be set apart because the Holy spirit is within us, shaping us. Um, You got to choose to say, yeah, I'm going to be shaped. I'm going to make that journey. I'm going to make that a priority, but it's now possible where it wasn't necessarily possible before. What kind of feedback have you gotten from this message? From this message, a lot of really positive feedback. I think one of the things I heard a lot from people was that they'd never, I I say, I I laugh about this because I've definitely preached on this multiple times, but somehow they've never heard sin described in these terms or in this context as, as, uh, as, as the idea of rejecting God's blessing. They've always continu- continuously thought of sin as just, uh, you know, a list of do's and don'ts in the Bible that you either break or follow. They've never really thought about it. And, and actually this was, I had a beautiful moment. There was a, um, 71 year old woman who came up to me in tears, uh, after the service she said, I mean, I grew up in the church. I've, I've, talked, I've heard about all this stuff forever and ever, but now I feel like I could talk, I could, I could explain this to my grandchild. Mm-hmm. I understand this and what, what Christ did on the cross better than I have before. And so I, that was super humbling for me. Um, I, I, I feel like I've kind of been marinating on this for a long time. So for it to actually land and hit home, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure that it would, but it, it has really, um, I don't know, given me, given me a lot of hope and I'm really grateful for that. Well, it's interesting because a lot of times when you hear, if you've been in the church for a while, you've been a follower for a while, when you hear the gospel message, it's encouraging, at least for me, it's, it's encouraging, but there's versions of it where you're like, I've heard, I mean, yeah, I'm in, I heard, but I've heard this before. This, um, this is like telling the story of the gospel through the lens of like biblical theology that yeah. isn't common. Like when you go to just churches and you hear the gospel message, like it's not common to hear the message talked about in a way that is through the lens of like a theological perspective. 
Yeah. And if you're not familiar, friends of the pod, with what biblical theology is, it's actually a term that we use to describe our approach to scripture. It's not like we didn't make it up, but it's the idea of of not just looking at scripture as a list of like God facts or verses to pull out here and there to make a, some kind of a system. God it's rules. actually looking at the whole of scripture, the whole story and the sweep of scripture to understand what God is doing in the world. That's that's biblical yeah. theology. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, cool. I mean, I, I feel sometimes I feel like I'm I'm a little bit like a clanging gong when I start going through the story of scripture, because I feel like I, I tell that story over and over and over again. But every now and then it clicks for people and they, they hear things they hadn't heard before. Like, I mean, even if if you're interested, go back and listen to I think it was two years ago in January. We did the Return to Eden series mm-hmm. where we looked at the law of Moses through this same lens, looking through the biblical theology lens at how does this all fit? And so if that's interesting to you, go check that out. Cause um, yeah, that's another way of kind of doing the exact same thing, putting this all into the bigger story. I cannot believe that was two years ago. <laughs> it feels like it was like, I know six months ago. I know. Same. Uh, okay. Where do we go next? I mean, you talked about it a little bit, but yeah. on Easter, what are we going to do? We are going to talk about the resurrection and I can give you a little spoiler now. Uh, I will, I, the, the basic spoiler fact, alert. Jesus, here it is. Here's a spoiler. The basic fact. Well, yes, he did rise. But the, the basic fact is that Jesus's death dealt with the curse and Jesus's resurrection proved it. Ooh. It was it was proof. Mm-hmm. He was living proof that that sin had actually been defeated, that death no longer had any power uh, because he was the first of, of all who will rise and will experience new creation. But the thing that I'm going to talk about is the fact that that act of resurrection was not just like one thing that happened. And then we wait for who knows how long, and then we get to go experience new creation. It actually was the beginning of new creation Mm -hmm. and it's been spreading and growing ever since. And we get to actually be a part of it, which is super cool. So I'm hoping that, that, um, that this message will kind of help to kind of close the loop and bring the story both from the beginning of Genesis all the way into our lives, not just in our ability to be free from sin, but actually to participate in spreading Eden in our lives. And I think it's, I think it's, it's encouraging to me. It's, it fires me up and I hope, hope that comes across. Well, now that we've all heard it, we don't have to go to church. No, you're fine now. You don't need to worry about Easter. (laughs) You guys, you guys are both, you guys are both playing a big role this week. Yeah, we are all we're we're all involved here. <laughs> uh, you want Easter Sun Easter tell weekend? Better, or is it all a big secret? Is well, it, are you wanting this no. to be a surprise? No, <laughs> it's not going to surprise. No, this is not like a treat <laughs> or withholding. Uh, Mary invited me to, Tyler, to right? play in the like, oh. yeah, worship team, so I'm 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 doing that. I'm really excited that we're all going to be doing this together. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah gonna be me fun. too. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll I be was, fun. Talking to Jaden, gosh, so my son is drumming for Easter Easter weekend, and we were just talking about, you know, who we're going to get to hang out with all weekend yeah. long, and we were just getting so stoked about it. The more we talked yeah. about it, the more excited we got about it, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. Well, cool. All right, so we got a busy week ahead of us, so we're going to head out. Um, Marin, you're gone next week, so you won't be here? Correct. He's all risen. Right. He has risen indeed. He's risen indeed. Yeah. Um, does that mean no pod, Tyler? Or should we? Maybe I don't know. We should, we'll, we'll have to think of here's something. Here's what we should do. Let's let's find a gap of time between services or something, and let's record like a little mid-Easter 
the three of us just with our masks <laughs> on, just like, how are we feeling? And then we can just post that in, in lieu Mid-Easter of a, pod. Yeah. Why not? All right. All Let's right. do it. I mean, you're, it's your pod, Tyler. You can decide what to do. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I got nothing better to do. So let's do it. Well, maybe. Maybe. Friends of the pod. See, there we go. Maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Marin, will you, uh, will you please send us out? Sure will, y'all. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. Hey, go to, go to YouTube and see if there's a video. 